Shawty, what's all with y'all? Oh, hi. Coming to say you're lucky, fine. We got to cutting it off. It she know about the kid and fuck on my line. I'ma keep it up all with y'all. But Shawty, I'm trying to make you mine. Don't make it too easy, I wanna try. She looking too good, can't let it go by. Oh, yeah. Think I won the lotto. This slow mulatto. She could be a model. She wanna show me some. Think I won the lotto. In today's episode, Butsy and I discussed the Celtics Game 7 loss with a special guest, Cam Fillion, who is subbing in for Max, who got his wisdom teeth out today. Well, boys, last night sucked. Celtics season came to an end in about as disappointing of a fashion as you can imagine. Our shots didn't fall. Uh, we got out-hustled, out-played, out-coached, and outclassed by the Heat in pretty much every way. Obviously, Jason Tatum goes down on the first play, rolls his ankle. People are going to say it's an excuse. Maybe it is is an excuse. I don't know. Um, but I do know that severely affected how this game played out. Butsy, I'll start with you. Mm. Aside from the Tatum injury, because that's what everyone's going to say, what was the biggest reason for this Game 7 loss? I think it was um, a combination of many things. But I'll say the biggest thing is that no one else besides Derek White stepped up. Uh, Jalen Brown has you know, been going – been going out and saying he's deserving of this mega uh, super max that he's, I guess, you know, woke up this morning said and Bleach Report said we're likely to extend him. Um, but he had more turnovers last night than the entire Heat team. He had eight turnovers. Um, that is just unacceptable. It looks like he forgot how to dribble a basketball. I mean, like his ball handling, and it, it was bad last year too against the Warriors and, and then the playoffs, but the, last night was just especially horrible. Um no one stepped up besides Derek White. I, I don't know why he's just been absolutely unbelievable. I mean, he's been he was great all regular season, um, but this series he was he was unreal. Um, I you know we were watching the game and it's like it wasn't a secret as to when we were scoring like what what worked for us. It was the kicking and the driving and just the ball movement that we created off of that. Um, we had so many times we dribbled around the perimeter and just chucked up prayer threes that didn't fall, uh, and it really got under my skin. And it's just like you know. The media was saying that we weren't getting stops, which I thought was just completely incorrect. We held them to 103 points. We scored 84. Like we had to score 104 points at home to win the to win the series and go to the finals, and we couldn't do that. Um, I thought our defense was great. It's just every time we got a stop, especially in the third quarter when we made our run and we cut it close, cut it to single digits, to like seven, I think we cut it to. Um, we were getting stops, so we just couldn't capitalize on the other end. Um, we weren't hitting anything, and I I was wrong. Uh, yesterday, I came on the pod and said we were going to hit our shots after game six, and we didn't. Um, but our offense was just stagnant. I thought um, we had no really sets to go to. Joe didn't seem to have any kind of plays drawn up to get Tatum even on the block uh, or any kind of um, you know good looks for anybody, really. So it was just a painful game through and through. Yeah, Jalen's, Jalen's eight turnovers absolutely killed us, and – I didn't I didn't go back and count them specifically, but the I, I think all eight of them might have been like ball handling issues and yeah. all like live ball turnovers. Uh by the way, I, I didn't do a good job of introducing the pod. We have a special guest with us today, Cam Fillion. Philly, I'll ask you the same question. I know Butsy covered a lot of it. What were you seeing last night that was the biggest reason the Celts lost this game? Yeah. I mean Practically everything went wrong, but like you mentioned earlier, I mean, Tatum goes down, or not doesn't go down, but kind of tweaks the ankle first possession of the game, and like, it was very telling how much Tatum dictates how the Celtics play with his presence and like his playmaking ability. 
um, because he just always has the ball in his hands. And last night he wasn't really able to do as much, obviously, because of the ankle. And like you saw the Celtics offense when he's not able to just do his thing and be fully healthy. It's just awful. It was very telling with Jalen Brown, like Buttsy mentioned, like all the turnovers, everything. He was literally dribbling like he was Hansel Manuel. And if you don't know who that is, he literally has one fucking hand. So like that's what it that's what he looked like he was dribbling like to me. And I just think, like I said, like the offense when Jason Tatum is not able to do Jason Tatum type things, the whole team is just horrible. And that's not a good thing when you have this much talent on a team. You have to have guys that are able to step up in moments like that. Um, obviously specifically Jalen Brown, but even like Smart and you know, Brogdon didn't really play at all, but when he was and he didn't do anything at all, like guys have to be able to step up when Tatum isn't able to get it done. Um, and they just weren't able to do that. I mean, you shoot 20% from three, two games in a row, and you just continue to put up those shots, the contested shots. Uh, I think Charles Barkley after the game made an amazing point that the Celtics are a tough shot-making team, but those types of teams do not make it far because you cannot rely on making tough shots every night. And the games where you don't hit those tough shots, it looks like what happened last night. So, Yeah, the uh, the offense was just abysmal to watch. Obviously – the Tatum injury plays a big part, but I do want to talk a little bit about the zone and just about what, what the heat defense did to the Celtics and just how bad they made us look. The zone stuff is really bothersome when you're sitting there watching it on your TV and you see five guys out on the perimeter, um, no ball movement and really just like a high ball screen was our, our plan the whole game. And that stuff doesn't work against the zone. Our, our whole offense is predicated on, beating your man and kicking it out. Um, but what happens, you know, when you can't beat your man for, for Tatum, who has a bum ankle, for Jalen, who can't dribble? And then what happens when you go against the zone? I think what happens is you start jacking up threes like we did, bad threes, see no ball movement, no paint touches. I just I, – I think the Celtics need a brand-new offense. And to go along with that, maybe they need a brand-new coach. So yeah. let's let's talk a little bit about Missoula. And maybe some offense or some some off season stuff for the Celtics. Butsy, are you all out on Missoula? Do you want to see a new face? And do you think we will see a new face? So we, I know we talked about this last night, and I think we're in agreement. Uh, I I do want Missoula gone. Uh, I think we absolutely need a new face. And you know, I was talking to one of my buddies last night, and it's like this team is so is still so young, right? You're going to build around Tatum and Brown who are 25 and 27, six, seven, something like that. Yeah. 26. Like they're 25 and 26. They're still very young. And, and we we've expected to kind of get over that hump because we've been there so many times and it hasn't worked with what we've been doing. So I think if you bring in a new face and you re-sign Jalen this season, you re-sign Jalen, uh, sorry, uh, Jason next off season, like bring in a new coach to like have a new, future for the next five, six years. Like, I, I still think there's, there's a lot of good years for this team left. Um, but I think it begins with Joe leaving and, and you bring in Monty or you bring in another great coach. I know Nick nurse just went off the board to the Sixers, but um, you, you bring in a new guy and, and kind of create a new identity with the Celtics team. Um, I, I think it can't go understated how big email leaving was, uh, you know, affected this team. Um, I know Brogdon said it last night when he came to the Celtics, he thought it was a, uh, you know, defensive-minded and defensive-oriented team, and that completely shifted with uh, Joe, and now we were an offensive-reliant team who just kind of, you know, sometimes was able to get stops on defense. Um, do I think <clears> – <throat> excuse me. Do I think Joe will leave? Do I think Joe will get fired? No. Mm-hmm. I really don't, um, which honestly hurts. 
uh, I really think that that doesn't sit well with uh, with me. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I, I want him gone. I don't think he will be, though, um, just because of, you know, we made, you know, game seven of the Eastern Conference Finals. But still, like, you look on paper and how, how we could have played and, and, like, the team last year would have, you know, walked through this Heat team this year, I think. So it's just disappointing to see. Um, but I, I think Joe will stay, and I don't – and I'm not happy about that. Yeah. Uh, I also want Joe Mazzula gone, not just because he's hideous, but, like, he's just a horrible coach. And I think people forget that he's literally younger than Al Horford, and I think what the Celtics need is they need a guy that's going to hold Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown accountable and call them out on, you know, when they're doing things the wrong way. And I think he just – obviously he's super young, not a ton of experience. I just don't think he was able to do that. Um, and not that those guys are like, I don't want to say they're undisciplined, but um, I think Budsey mentioned it in the podcast after they went down 0-3. Like, they just need someone that's going to toughen them up. And I don't think Missoula was able to do that. And um, I don't know if you guys watch, like, when he does his post-game press conferences, but, like, I thought he was originally going for, like, the Belichick and, like, I guess in NBA terms, Popovich-type interviews where, like, he gets asked a question and he just gives, like, one, two-word answers. And I thought that was just his thing, but I think I realized that he literally like does not know what is <laughs> being asked and just like doesn't know how to respond to it. And I yeah, I, I just think they need a new guy. The uh the Belichickian post game stuff doesn't really work when you're a first year head coach who is yeah. way in over your head. I I agree. I think we need a new coach, but at the same time, like I do think this was a extremely difficult situation, losing all of the um, big-name assistants on the Celtics. I think maybe we go ahead and we bring in a new assistant who can help Joe. Um, and I think Joe has to have learned from this experience, and he has to see you know, what went wrong. The issue is, I think, is that Joe is kind of philosophical, and he believes in what he believes – and that is the analytics, that is the three-point shooting, and that's, you know, if we generate open threes and we make open threes, we will win. Um, and he doesn't – that that kind of philosophy stops him from making adjustments, and it stops him from when when we need to create open shots, when we need to get to the rim, when our shots aren't falling, we're still doing all the same stuff, and we still end up jacking up those threes, and they don't go in and we lose, just like we saw last night. So I – I hope he gets better. I don't have a ton of faith that he will get better. Let's kind of move into the Jalen Brown stuff now. There's going to be so many rumors this summer about Jalen Brown, about trades, about his contract situation, especially after this horrible series. He averaged 19 points on 14% shooting after probably the best season of his career in the regular season, averaging, I think it was 26 points um, with good efficiency. So, what do we think happens here as Celtics fans? Do we want Jalen Brown to stay on this team? Is he worth the $50 million a year that we're going to be paying him or whatever crazy number it's going to be? Or, you know, do we want to package him? Do we want to send him in smart somewhere? Do we want to send him in pick somewhere and go younger or try and replace him with uh, another star to put alongside Tatum? Butsy, go ahead. It's a difficult, it's a difficult tightrope. Um, I, I saw a report, and I just mentioned it earlier in the pod, that the C's are likely to extend Jalen Brown. But it's like after the series performance, you're, this guy is supposed to be – is going to be the most – is the highest-paid player in the NBA. He will be the highest-paid player in the league after this contract. 
he is nowhere near worthy uh, of that contract right now after he played, after how he played. Um, it, it was disappointing, but I, I would – it's difficult because I don't know what – like who do you go out and get because I still feel like this team could still be in a win-now mentality with with the pieces we have, with Brogdon and with White. I know Brogdon was hurt, and he's probably going to get off-season surgery on that ligament in his elbow. Um, so he'll be back, uh, and he'll be healthy. Derek White obviously is is emerging as as a number a great number three option at this point. Uh, you know three four option. Uh, Rob Will also had a great great playoffs, great series. So, and and who knows if Al's going to retire too? Uh, that's something we can get into later. But uh, I, it's like who do you go out and get if you package Jalen Brown and Smart with picks? I I just don't know what kind of name or what kind of deal you can get for that right now. Um, it's going to be interesting to see. I don't think we'll trade him i think we'll re-sign him to the max um but it, i i don't know if you guys have any names specifically in mind that we could go out and get uh but i i do i would like a superstar in return if we do package him and smart uh rather than just a hall of young players and picks but uh what do you guys think because i'm kind of at a loss here yeah i mean one guy that comes to mind is damian lillard but he's like i mean how old is he 34 35 and he's Oh, he's been pretty injured the last couple of years. Like I, I would just hate to have to go and get a guy like that and get rid of Smart and Brown. But because, like you mentioned earlier, he's twenty six years old, and I mean, obviously, like he's improved every year. You don't know how much better he's gonna get. It was a tough night last night. Um, and honestly, all playoffs he wasn't really really playing that well. But I agree with Butsy. I think you kind of have to to sign him, and I think he will be back. Um, because there's just not many options around the league for that you can like trade him for. You know. Yeah. The the one thing that I think could make a little bit of sense is to maybe try and trade him over to Charlotte and get the second pick in this draft and take Scoot Henderson, who I think could be a really good fit on this team. But again, it's just, it's such a big risk. You don't know how it's, how long it's going to take for Scoot to develop and become an impact player in the league. I really like Scoot, um, but I just think it's a little bit of a different timeline. And I think when you have a guy like Tatum on your team, you, you want to win right away. And with this, with with Jason and Jalen together, and this core together, we still have another year of Al Horford. I think the the thing that the Celtics do every year is at least give us a chance to win a championship. And I think it's hard to sacrifice um, years of contention to go get you know a young guy who it's going to take a while to develop, and you're probably not going to be contending for championships right away. But Butsy, what do you think about that trade, uh, Jalen Brown? Um, to Charlotte, maybe we have to throw in a pick. Maybe we have to throw in Smart to get uh, a six-two, really athletic point guard in Scoot Henderson, who a lot of people think in every other draft would be the number one pick. Yeah, I, I'm a big fan of Scoot. Um, I, I also think, on top of his athleticism, his scoring ability, I think he plays basketball the right way. Uh, I know he had a great season uh, in the G League. Um, he just seems to. You know, he like uh, like you said, he he'd be the number one pick in any other year, but Wemby is just a fucking anomaly. Um, I don't mind that. You know, uh, it's just tough because, like you said, I'd like to. Uh, you know, we still have a chance every year, right, with this roster and what we have right now. But I I, I don't think would be that far off with Scoot. Um, it'd be interesting. I I don't want Smart here anymore. I think his time in Boston is Me up. Neither. Uh, I think his time in Boston is over. So whether you know, you keep Jalen. I still still think bottom line, you get rid of Smart. Um, but if you think about it, you go Scoot, Derek White, Jason Tatum, and then someone else in, in Al Horford, or you go the two big lineup all year. 
Um, if Rob Will could somehow manage to play 30 minutes, I think he'd be a top five center in the NBA. Um, I don't mind the Jalen package for Scoot. I just think it's a big risk because Jalen Brown could turn into a star in these next two years. Um, and we would have fucked all uh, fucked it all up. But um, I, I still think we 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 stick with Jalen, um, and don't really risk it on on a you know on the draft on the draft guy. Risk it in the yeah. draft. Risk him. Risk getting rid of him for a guy who hasn't proven anything. Yeah, I agree with you. It's just now I, I just think it's going to be hard to give Jalen the supermax after seeing that. But at the same time. Today is probably the worst possible day to start thinking about offseason moves after watching just a horrific game last night from Jalen Brown and from the Celtics. I mean, it, it makes you want to blow up the whole team seeing that type of stuff. So I think that this is probably a bad time to think about it. And if, you know, if we end up signing Jalen Brown um, and we keep this core together for the most part, I think we'll go into next season being the favorites to win it again. So I'm more on that train. I want to keep Jalen. Yes, it's hard to pay him that much. And this is the first the, – these last couple of weeks have been the first time that I've seriously considered what the team would look like without Jalen. And if all the people who say to split up Tatum and Jalen are have actually been right this whole time, I still think it's the right move to keep him and keep them together. And I am still hanging on to if Jason Tatum didn't roll his ankle, we would be in the finals right now and yeah. we would get rolled by the Denver Nuggets. So, yeah, with that said, let's transition to the finals a little bit. I think the Nuggets are – yeah, what's up? I got one more thought experiment. Um, Marcus Smart and Grant Williams for some form of a young point guard and picks. Like, I think that would be the best offseason move that the Celtics could make is get a few picks and get a young point guard because you could start Brogdon easily. I mean, I I wanted him to start mm-hmm. the entire season. If you go Brogdon, White, Brown, Tatum, and Horford, and then you got a young guy off the bench, we're gonna have Gallinari uh, back next year too. I know he didn't play a single minute all season because of his ACL injury in the off season when he's playing overseas. Um, I think he could be a huge piece for us again next year. But if you trade Smart and and Grant and you go out and get you know a couple young guys and have them develop under possibly a new coach and and with the mentorship of Tatum and Brown. I know they're not great leaders right now, um, but I think they're they in order for us to win, they'll have to shift into some form of an on court and off court leader. Uh, I could see that move absolutely happening, but uh, I don't know what you guys think about that. But that, I, I would love to see that happen. Yeah, what do you think, Philly? Yeah, I mean that would be very enticing. What I will say is if they do make a package like that, I want I want to get people back to have some grit and that like actually look like they want to be on the floor and play hard. Um, it was just so sad to watch last night. It didn't even look like anybody wanted to be out there. And not that that's like a common theme with the Celtics, but I just think they're like very soft at times. Um, so if they were to, to make a trade package for anyone, I don't, I don't have anyone off the top of my mind right now as a young guard, but I would want it to be someone that that is real tough and uh, kind of bring that intensity for them when they need it. Cause like, what's he just yeah, said, probably I mean, like Killian Hayes. Yeah. I think Killian yeah. Hayes would be, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think Killian Hayes would be a great pickup for the seas. Yeah. I mean, they just shot 20% from three. So that's definitely the answer, you know? <laughs> hey, I get another guy who can't shoot. Uh, I'm all in on, on that move to, to get smart out here and get a, a backup point guard and, you know, a playmaker, someone who can slow the game down. Um, I'm not sure what the situation is with Grant Williams. I don't know. I think he might be a free agent this offseason. I, I think can't he remember. Might be actually, yeah. Yeah. So he's, he's he, walk. 
yeah, I think no, he's he's gone. Um, we will not sign him because <laughs> he's going to ask for way too much money. And I mean, he to be honest, he played pretty well this series, but the season as a whole, he's not worth keeping. So, all right, we'll we'll probably go into a full Celtics off season um, over the summer sometime, probably in the next few weeks, so we can save a little bit of that for then. But let's go to the finals. Denver is going to be playing Miami. Denver, to me, has looked like by far the best team in these playoffs, especially after um, Milwaukee went down and Giannis got hurt and they fell to the heat. Um, the Nuggets have looked phenomenal. They sweep the Lakers, which was, I think, very impressive sweep against a good Lakers team. Obviously, they handled everyone that they've gone against. And the Heat, I mean, pretty much – I'm not going to say, like, lucky because it's not lucky at all, but an eight seed making it to the finals after losing their first play-in game and then barely surviving the second one, making it all the way to this point. They're going to be heavy underdogs. How far do we see this series going? Does anyone want to go against the grain and pick the heat? I got Nuggets in six. I think playoff Jimmy will get the heat two games. How about playoff Caleb Martin? Um, How about just Michael Michael Jordan on the other side? Uh, I read the stat out um, to Jordan before we started, but Caleb Martin had 135 points on 88 shots in this in this uh, series. Jalen Brown had 133 points on 134 shots. Caleb Martin and Jimmy Butler combined um, could get this team two games. Um, I think if they are going to get two games, I think Bam needs to step up. I think yeah. Bam or a third option for the Heat absolutely needs to step up if they're going to win two games because they there's no shot in hell that the Heat can score 105 points a game and compete with this Denver team. The Heat are going to need to score 110, I think, at least to win uh, two games. Um, I, I think it'll be – I'll be surprised if it goes six. I have Denver either in a sweep or in five. I think Denver's just that much better than Miami. I think they're – like Jordan said, they've been head and shoulders the best team in this playoffs. Um, Nobody seems to miss for them, and they play unbelievably at home, uh, unlike a team that we like watching in the Boston Celtics. Um, so yeah, I, I think Denver wins this in, in four or five. Um, it, it would take some heroics for the heat to even force this to six, <clears throat> in my opinion. Uh, Philly, what do you think? Yeah. I mean, as much as I want to like give the heat a ton of credit and say, it's going to be like a seven game series or something. I just, I just don't see it happening. And even before the playoffs started, I was a huge Denver fan uh, and I thought they were going to make it very far. And obviously here we are, but I mean, maybe you get a Duncan Robinson or a Gabe Vincent game that gets a game or two, but I just, the difference between any team that the the Heat have played in the playoffs and Denver is Denver is just so consistent. They don't yeah. have bad games and they get the job done. They don't play lackadaisical and the, if they want to go out there and beat their team by 30, they will. They're not going to like just all of a sudden shoot 20% from three like the Celtics. Um, they're a very well-rounded team. And I think a big deciding factor, obviously you have, a two-time MVP in Jokic, but Jamal Murray has been insane this playoffs. And I mean, I feel like every playoff season he plays really well, but I just don't think the Heat have anyone that can guard Jamal Murray. I don't know like who they would put on him because he's their point guard. Like obviously any team that the Heat have played so far hasn't really had like a scoring point guard that can give you like 30, sometimes even 40. Um, so I think they're going to struggle with Jamal Murray. And like you guys kind of said, like five games, six to be generous, but I yeah, I truly don't really see it going uh, to like six or seven games, to be honest. Yeah, the thing is, too, I know we, we can't give the Heat credit, and we sound like salty Celtics fans for saying they're just going to get rolled, but the 
to me, the Celtics lost this series. The Heat didn't just beat us. Yes, they played great, but the Celtics shot themselves in the foot at every opportunity with turnovers, with shot selection, bad offense, bad defense, whatever you want to point to game by game, bad, um, you know, down the stretch execution, which has obviously been an issue for the last six years with this team. But the the Nuggets will not beat themselves. I think that's the biggest difference. Mm-hmm. You're, you're going to go out you're going to have to go out there and shoot the lights out and play the absolute best basketball you can if you want to beat the Nuggets because they don't make the mistakes. Even when the other team goes on runs against the Nuggets, they find a way to claw back and stay in it, and someone will hit a shot. Jokic, the the way that that team can generate open shots just feels so easy because of what Jokic does. If you guard him with one guy, he's going to, he's going to score. He's going to create a good shot for himself. If you send a double, he's going to find the open guy and everyone on that team can shoot and everyone on that team is unselfish, maybe other than Michael Porter Jr., who you probably want to be a little here. selfish. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the guy just doesn't doesn't miss shots when he's open and a lot of times he doesn't miss shots when he's contested. So that team, I think, just has too much shooting, too much depth, and they have the best player in the world right now, in my opinion. So, yeah, do we have anything else on the finals or the Celtics or the NBA at all that we want to bring up? I think Bam is going to get abused by Jokic. Yeah. Like, That's a tough abused. matchup. He's, I mean, Bam is a all of 6'9", and I think Jokic is probably at least 7. He might be 7'1", and he's... I don't know how much he weighs, but that's a that's a big guy coming at you. That And Bam, for such a good defender, is more known for his versatility defending. And, yeah, he can protect the rim when it's a, a guard driving at him, and he can switch out on the perimeter, but he's not going to be able to handle Jokic, who can just turn and shoot over him. So I agree. Yeah, and Bam, the host Celtics, he had a couple good games, but he, as a player to me, just never looks confident for some reason. And I think having to – face up against Jokic, it's just going to suck all the confidence out of him. Like, he's, I don't think he's going to have a good series at all. So, yeah. Um, I, got, I got another thing. Can we up? talk about how Draymond Green just shit on all of yeah, us? Yeah, I saw that. That was – that made me so angry. You you can start, Budsy. Like, I, well, well, just shut the fuck up, dude. Just just shut the absolute fuck up. Like, I, I mean, you guys got bounced – by the Lakers, and now you want to just sit from your fucking house in Cabo, wherever the fuck you are, and just talk an immense amount of shit about the, our whole fan base, about our entire team, and where we need to go from here, like your fucking basketball Gandhi, dude. Like, just shut up. You're not, like, y- you would have zero value on any other basketball team but the Warriors. Like, it, it, he just gets under my skin. I used to be, a, like, a Draymond fan because he used to be able to kind of put the ball in the hoop, and he would do other things as well that you know, made the Warriors dynasty, the Warriors dynasty. But, you know, Kerr said that without Draymond, like the Warriors aren't the Warriors. And I completely disagree. Like, I still think that they would absolutely still be kind of where they were this year without Draymond. But I I, I thought that piece pissed me off a lot. Yeah. When I saw that, those clips from his podcast, um, I wanted to do this rant immediately. I kind of held back. But since Butsy brought it up, that gives me the chance to, to let some steam off. And yes, they beat us last year in the finals. So again, it sounds like we're salty Celtics fans, which maybe we are. But Draymond Green won the absolute lottery when he was drafted to the Warriors. If he was drafted to any other team, he would be forgotten Out of the league after his career. Right he he would be he would never have been an all star. He would never won a championship. Um 
he's been carried his whole career by Steph Curry, Steve Kerr, Clay Thompson, Kevin Durant. And for him to come out and talk shit as a guy who averages like eight points and like was one of the biggest reasons for the Warriors not being where they wanted to be this year. And after they go out in the second round, it's just, I think it's absurd. Um, I am now a bigger Draymond hater than I was before. And that is saying a lot. Yeah. Um, just to kind of go off of that. I mean, we know Draymond runs his mouth um, to put some perspective on it. I think a part of it is it's his podcast and he wants it to get views. So he's going to say shit that he knows is going to get people pissed off. Um, but I do think that was just dumb what he was saying. And you guys already kind of talked about it, but I mean, let's not talk about, let's not forget that this guy's probably a glorified Grant Williams on one of the best teams of all time. Yeah. And like you guys said, he was lucky to be part of that team. Um, obviously he was an impact player maybe back in like 2016, but every time I watch a Warriors game, he hurts them more than he helps them to be completely honest. And I like, like I said, we know he talks his shit, but at some point it just gets to like, you're just being annoying dude. And that made me upset when I saw that as well. I saw that and I was like, are you freaking kidding me right now? But yeah, it is what I it agree. is. You know who Draymond is. He also, not only does he shit on the Celtics as a team, but he's coming at the fan base saying, like, stop being the way that you are. And I don't know. I honestly don't know what that means. Like, you want us to stop cheering for our team. You want us to stop being passionate about the mm-hmm. Celtics. Like, yeah, we're we're going to celebrate when we win. We're going to yell at them when we lose. We're a passionate fan base. We're one of the best fan bases in the entire league. I think if you asked cities like Portland um, if they would like to have the Celtics fan base, I think they would they would take us in a heartbeat. So, yeah. I mean, are we not – not to interrupt, are we not going to act like the Warriors fan base does, don't, doesn't like cheer when people get injured? Like, exactly. obviously, he's yeah. going to be biased towards his fan base, but it's like, fan base are just passionate. That's the way it is. And, like, obviously, he's bitter towards stuff that's happened, maybe when he's in the garden, but it's like, to just go out an entire fan base for really no reason at all, it's like, kind of seemed dumb to me. And, like, you're an NBA player making all this money and you're that popular. Do you really need to go out a fan base? Like, is that going to really change anything? Like, yeah. also... No. Additionally, we're going to talk about how this team was never like the team basically came out and said we were never the same after Draymond punched Poole in the fucking face in the offseason. <laughs> exactly. Like, Dray- he Draymond literally probably, ruined their season. He was, yeah, exactly. He was probably the biggest reason that this team did not reach the finals again. Um, obviously, the Nuggets are playing unbelievable, and who knows if they would beat the Nuggets if they were, you know, the team of last year. But it's like Draymond fucking derailed this whole team's chemistry. By punching a kid in the face because he couldn't fucking handle, you know, when someone talks shit to him. Like, it, it just, it gets right under my skin when he comes out and says stuff like this. And, uh, you know, acts like he hasn't done anything wrong in his career. And acts like he's the all, like perfect almighty and everything that he does is right. Um, So, yeah, I mean, Draymond is just an absolute fool. He's an absolute fool. And he made yeah. a fool of himself by that, by through those podcast clips. Yeah. He absolutely did. The frustrating part is he's going to retire and he's going to transition right into the media and we're going to have mm-hmm. to hear him talk shit for the next however many years. So that's why we're going to blow up the Lovecast and we're going to be right there alongside him to combat all those stupid narratives that he brings up. Maybe one day he'll hear us and we'll get to have him on the pod. We could duke it out over zoom. So that'd be great. That would be fucking great. Also, he's like not J- like, he's never going to be a JJ Redick. Like JJ Redick is a basketball fucking genius and has been a great media presence this year. Uh, calling games, being on first take, calling out Stephen A and pretty much everybody else on their bullshit. Um, he's just gonna add like Draymond just adds the bullshit. Like I would love to see 
Draymond and JJ go at it on a fucking first take segment. Like Dre, yeah. like Draymond get, would get fucking destroyed, destroyed. Yeah. Go ahead. I was yeah. gonna say even better. I would I would want to see is if Draymond is ever on like first take or anything. Him versus Kendrick Perkins because that would be like zero brain cells <laughs> in a conversation. Like I don't know what the heck they would even talk about because that would be just be so dumb. But yeah, we we would all get dumber listening to those two talk about nothing. JJ is unbiased and he says what he believes and he backs it up with stats and data and his experiences. Draymond just spews whatever is on his mind and it's completely biased. It's based off of, I don't know what, just hatred for certain people or certain places. So he's not a real analyst. Um, JJ Redick, I think has earned all of our respect for, for being, you know, Yes, passionate and yes, himself like Draymond, but at the same time being measured and smart uh, while Draymond just says whatever the fuck he wants. So I guess we'll leave it at that little uh, Draymond roast session and we will be back for some Celtics offseason talk soon. We'll definitely be back for some finals talk. As much as we just kind of said this, this series is going to be lame and it might go only five or six i am excited to watch the heat lose so I'll, i will watch every second of those games um boys thank you for coming on philly thank you for coming on come back yeah. whenever you want you are always welcome me. no problem and uh thank you guys for listening yeah. peace, peace. Oh, coming to say you look you fine we got to cutting it off nobody kidding fuck on my line i'm gonna keep it up with y'all oh shawty i'm trying to make you mine don't make it too easy i want to try she looking too good can let it go by oh yeah Won the lotto, this little mulatto She could be a model, she wanna show me some Think I won the lotto, this little mulatto She could be a model